The Money Podcast by best-selling author of Money, Rob Moore, dives into how to make, manage, and master money. How to know more, make more, and give more. How to save, invest, and raise money. The Money Podcast is for anyone who wants to make more money in a job, profession, or passion. For money masters and money disasters. They say money doesn't make you happy. Rob says it does. Hi, it's Rob Moore here, and there's two important things I can do and share with you in this video and audio podcast. The two things I believe that make the most money that are accessible to non-billionaires. You know, e-commerce and hedge fund management might make billions, but they might not be accessible to the masses. And I've got two things that can make huge money. You may not have thought of these um, that are available to most people, especially leveraging free and low cost social media platforms. Right, so the two things I believe that make the most money, that are accessible for normal people and um, I would say, I can't say infinitely scalable, but dramatically scalable, are brand and marketing. Brand and marketing. And I'm going to detail that now, but I've been doing a bit of research on this. Normally when I do my episodes, I just share with you what's in my head, you know, what I've practiced myself. But I've actually done a fair bit of research for this episode. Um, and get this, um, in the last year, um, in the Times Rich list, Roger Federer made $94 million. Let me ask you this. Um, how much of the 94 million do you think Roger Federer earned from endorsements and how much from tennis? How much of the 94 million from endorsements and how much from tennis? No Googling. Oh, no, no Googling. Got to stay on this video. Just guess. Um, so between June 18 and June 19, Kent says 60 million from endorsements. Roger Federer earned 94 million. 86 million from endorsements. <laughs> Adrian said most from Bitcoin. 86 out of 94 million from endorsements. 8 million from tennis. 86 million from endorsements. So endorsements is brand and marketing. It's probably both, although you could say it's more brand. It's brand and marketing. And I'm going to detail those in a minute. Okay, so I'm going to define brand and marketing for you. So your brand, and by the way, the dictionary definition is not holistic, um, but your brand is your goodwill, your reputation, your ideally unique identity, your celebrity, your following, and the mind space that you own in people's minds. So let me say that again, your goodwill, your reputation, your unique identity, your celebrity, your following and your mind space. Now, the great thing about brand is anyone can start a brand because you can have a Facebook page or a podcast or a YouTube channel. And even if you've only got 20 followers, you still have a brand to those 20 followers. You can build a personal brand and you can scale that up. That's why it's accessible to everyone. Now, are we all going to be Rod Roger Federer immediately? No, of course not. But every winner was once a beginner and every master was once a disaster. That's not a reason not to start. 
Marketing is, and this is the de dictionary definition, promoting and selling products or services, including market research or advertising. So promoting or selling, and so many people are too weak and they won't promote and they won't sell and they're worried about that and they're worried about what people will think about them and they're worried about if they'll get critics and blah, blah, blah. Um, I realized very early in my business career that actually I wasn't just a business I was in, I was in marketing. And I'll explain that in a moment as well. So if I could add some things to marketing in addition to the dictionary definition, which let me say again is promoting and selling products or services, including market research and advertising, I would add is your reach, your impact, again, your mind space, your reputation in the market and your ability to convert leads into sales. Brand and marketing are intrinsically linked. They are one and the same. They are mutually exclusive and mutually inclusive. They go hand in glove. Um, and what brand does is it creates trust. And what trust does is it creates money flow. You will give money to people you trust. You will lend money to people you trust. You will borrow money from people and companies you trust. Um, you will, you will, the money will flow quicker with le less friction between trust. Um, and a lack of trust creates friction or a wall or a barrier to money. Um, I researched the top three people who get paid per post on Instagram. Now, are you those? No. Are you likely to be those? No. Could you get 1% of those? Yes. Could you get 5% of those or 10% of those? Maybe. So third is Cristiano Ronaldo, who gets $975,000 a post. Now, he's a footballer, but he's created a brand. Um, uh, second is Ariana Grande, who's a pop star and has created a brand. She gets $966,000 per post. And then Kylie Jenner, um, she gets $1.2 million per post. So this is the power and the impact of a brand. Now, um, I don't expect everyone to be that big, um, but uh, I now get paid for uh, podcast episodes, branding, sponsorship. Um, people are offering me money to do um, shout outs for them on my social media channels or on my Facebook groups, etc. So once you get to a certain critical mass, then you can start monetizing your brand. Next question. I want you to guess this. How much do you think Michael Jordan has made from Nike? Hit me. The actual answer is over one billion. One billion dollars from Nike. One billion. Now, back in the day, by the way, if you listen to Curtis Jackson's new audiobook, he said that back then, brand endorsements, especially with black sports um, people, weren't that common at all. Uh, and I believe Michael Jordan did an equity deal. And I'm going to talk a bit about equity deals in a moment as well. One billion. I mean, Nike Air Jordan, that's just the, the huge. OK, so. I realized in 2006 that I wasn't just um, someone who bought properties. I realized in 2007 I wasn't just someone who, um, you know, um, packaged property deals. I realized in 2008 I wasn't just someone who wrote property books and did property courses. I realized early and maybe I had a good mentor. I read some books, but, I, I, you know, probably quite fortunate in my early days. I got this epiphany. I realized my company was a marketing company. If I want to buy properties, I've got to be good at marketing to find, you know, below market value deals or motivated sellers. If I want to sell deals to other people, package and source and sell deals, I've got to be a good marketer to find the, you know, the investors. If I want to build a really good training business, I've got to be a great marketer to find the leads, the clients, the course attendees, etc. 
So you are a marketing company. You, I almost want you to incant it after me. Say it after me. I am a marketing company. I am a marketing company. Now in 2007, Mark and I were both doing everything in our company, getting in each other's way. There was loads of duplication, etc. And then we figured out that we were getting in each other's way and butting heads and there was a lot of duplication. So we split roles and responsibilities. We literally read, um, we read the E-Myth um, by Michael Gerber. Um, and I got a piece of paper out. In fact, I got like a little whiteboard, drew a line down the middle, put Mark down on the left and Rob on the right. And we literally apportioned all the jobs, the roles and the responsibilities between us. So Mark was like buying property, finance, management, refurb, etc. I was sales, marketing, brand, writing, um, you know, uh, the books, the website, etc. And so I became my head of marketing, even though my, our marketing team was moi, <laughs> I still became head of marketing. Uh, and uh, we had in, in not very many years, like probably by 50, 2015, maybe even um, earlier than that, we became the biggest property training company in the UK. Um, I have one of the biggest podcasts in the UK. I've sold one of the, um, one of the, the biggest selling non-fiction authors in the UK. Um, and that is because I am a marketer first and foremost. Of course, great content is important, you know, and, and uh, having experience is very important. And you like to think if you have great content and great experience that your work will spread wide. Um, it's one of the elements of um, success, but it's only one. And that can happen really, really slowly, by the way. Organic growth can be very slow, but you can force that with great marketing and a great brand. Um, now, I believe um, that uh, marketing is more important than sales because what sales is, is converting leads into clients. What marketing is, is generating leads to convert into clients. No leads, no sales. No marketing, no sales. And um, many, um, I mean, look, many companies and entrepreneurs and startups aren't even focused enough on selling. They're doing admin and brand and research and, and website design and, um, you know, admin. They're spending all this time and all this stuff except making the money. Um, and they're not focused enough on the sales. But the companies that are sales companies, um, if they realize they're marketing companies, then they're going to be far more successful because, I, you know, good marketing negates the need to have sales. If your marketing is great, um, you don't need telesales. I'll give you an example of this. A thousand songs in your pocket. A thousand songs in your pocket. That is fantastic marketing. Like back in those days, everyone was giving, um, you know, speeds of processors and all the technical specifications of iPods and, you know, computers, etc. cetera. Uh, and then Steve Jobs comes up with this concept of a, an, an, an iPod, a thousand songs in your pocket. You don't need a massive telesales organization to communicate that and, and convert that into sales. You just know. Because I remember back in the day, I had a little Bang & Olufsen MP3. Um, and it, it was a funky little circular thing. <clears throat> and you had to put it on the little dock. And it took about 25 minutes to download a Radiohead album. Um, maybe it was just resisting Radiohead, depressing music. But it literally took 25, 30 minutes to download an album. And then all of a sudden, you've got an iPod with a thousand songs in your pocket revolutionary marketing and it's marketing that creates the sales in that exactly right kent um joe rogan has just sold the rights to his podcast um exclusively to spotify for a hundred million us dollars a hundred million us dollars that's the power of a brand and marketing um now there's uh, there's something else to this kent and everyone which i'll mention in a minute i'm about three quarters of the way through okay so i believe that um Every follower has a value to you. And I've roughly worked it out. On social media, it should be about one pound per follower per year. Um, but on an email um, subscription database, it could be 20 or 30 pounds per person per year. 
Um, so the reason Joe Rogan gets 100 million US dollars for the exclusive rights to Spotify for his podcast is because Spotify perceive that he's got that many followers, you know, that many users and subscribers that Spotify will be able to monetize that in the future by them signing up to Spotify. So the more followers, fans, subscribers, um, community members that you have, the more you have, um, the, the more you're worth, the more your brand equity is, your brand value. So as well as goodwill and trust and identity and celebrity and mind space, it's also about followers, loyal followers. Um, if you have loyal followers, one of the reasons Facebook gave me supporters and stars, they told me this, by the way, because my account manager told me, because I have a loyal following. Because there's people who have much bigger following than me that don't have supporters or stars because they don't have the same reach, because they don't have the same loyalty. Many of you, in fact, give me a yes in the comments if you watch my videos quite regularly. Just give me a yes if you watch them, you know, maybe daily or you, you watch them when they pop up or you, you've watched them more than once. Give me a yes, um, because that's loyalty um, to come back again, again, again. So if you've got a loyal following, your brand value, your brand equity goes up. Um, and, and, and by my calculation, if I compare my following to Joe Rogan, I know what his is, I know what mine is, that makes my podcast worth millions of pounds now, which is quite an exciting proposition. I'm not planning to sell exclusive rights to anyone. I haven't been made an offer by Spotify, I'm just saying. Um, but, the, but the reality is that, that has brand equity and value. And it has brand equity and value from the content, from the trust, from the goodwill, from the consistency, from the loyalty. Um, but also from the following, you know, the number of followers. Okay, so when you have a brand and then when you understand marketing, you can create joint ventures and collaborations. And joint ventures and collaborations, so Nike and Michael Jordan, um, 50 Cent and Vitamin Water, Alec Guinness and Star Wars, I'll come to those. Um, and look at all the endorsements that you see out there. Um, you, you have the ability then to create inbound leads. So outbound is telesales, you know, sort of maybe pushy marketing, maybe spammy um, or persistence, which persistent marketing is important, but it can have attrition. Um, but inbound is generating leads through brands, endorsements, sponsorships, collaborations and joint ventures. So brand is equity, essentially. Um, I'm listening to 50 Cent's new um, book where it's Curtis Jackson. Actually, it's really good. I'm hoping to get him on my podcast. And he cut a deal with Vitamin Water where he took equity. And he was saying a lot of his um, rapper friends or his crew, as he calls it, his team, they would have just taken the check up front. He went for the brand equity deal. He was um, NDA'd. He can't say how much he paid, but it would have, I guess it would have been tens of millions, maybe more. Um, now, this one is very disruptive and this is done a bit more now, but no one got it back then. Um, but if you look at the top earners in Star Wars, do you know who the top earner in all the Star Wars films ever is? Um, let me know in the comments. The top owner, earner, um, he's earned about 75 million in total or between 50 and 75 million. Um, it, it, you know, in all the Star Wars films that have ever been and all the actors and actresses, do you know who earned the most? I do. <laughs> I actually knew this before I did all my research. Um, and the reason he earned more, he, he earned, I think, one of the lower or lowest salaries. So um, Mark Hamill got a, a big salary. I think his salary was the biggest in the first Star Wars. Um, Craig, you've got it. Anyone else going to have a guess? Um, but um, Har Harrison Ford, Han Solo. Uh, no, it's, it's not the answer, by the way. And Carrie Fisher, Yoda. Yes, Yoda. Love it, Ken. Love it. Um, so Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher, I believe, just took a, a, a salary. Harrison Ford was 10000 a week. And Carrie Fisher, I don't know how much, but she got a, a, a salary. 
But uh, Mark Hamill got um, a salary. I think it was 650000 And I think he got 0.25% of royalty. But as some of you have guessed, Sir Alec Guinness got 2.25% of royalty. So uh, Sir Alec Guinness negotiated, you know, probably not much, if any, salary. And he got 2.25 million of the um, profits of Star Wars and, and did between 50 and 75 million. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger took no salary on kindergarten. Was it? Tw no, twins. Took no salary on twins. Took equity. Uh, and he made a massive amount of money out of that film. So brand is equity. And if you can take equity and create equity, then, you know, you have long standard value. You have long term value. You have the hundred million deal with Joe Rogan, and his podcast, that kind of thing. So you really got to see brand as an asset. Your brand of you continually invest in yourself in your asset. There are three types of brand, I believe, and that is the company brand, the product brand and the personal brand. So let's use Apple as an example. Apple is the product brand. Let's say the iPod or the iPhone or iTunes. That's the um, product brand. And then Steve Jobs was the personal brand. So I have myself and my personal brand. Um, and then I might have the disruptive entrepreneur or one of my courses as a product brand. And then I might have one of my companies, Progressive Property, um, as the company brand. And I think if you build all three, you have massive brand equity and value. Um, now, um, you might focus on one and then grow. And I really believe we're in the age and era of the personal brand. And um, why do I think it's easier than ever to create a personal brand? Because you can have your own YouTube channel and you're, you're basically a TV show. You can have your own pod podcast. You're basically a radio show. You can do live videos on LinkedIn and Facebook and Instagram. Um, people can naturally and organically follow you. It free, it's free. It doesn't cost any money. You don't need a broadcasting TV studio or broadcasting radio studio. Back in the day, what was it, BBC IT, BBC One, BBC Two and ITV. Then it was Channel Four. Then it was Channel Five. Um, and there was just a few radio stations. And now, of course, um, there's a, a million media channels. Uh, and there's you, the individual now, the entrepreneur. It's the rise of the entrepreneur. You no longer need to be a massive corporation to have a vast brand. So I believe that brand and marketing are two of uh, the, the ways to make the most amount of money for the non-billionaire ordinary people. Marketing is essentially money flow. Let me redefine brand as goodwill, reputation, unique identity, celebrity following and mind space. Um, and their marketing is promoting and selling products and services, including market research and advertising. I would add your reach, your impact, your mind space, your reputation in the market and your ability to convert that into revenue. So your podcast, your YouTube channel, your website, all of your content on Facebook, your Facebook videos, your, your watch time, your minutes viewed, um, you know, the amount of downloads and subscribers you have on your podcast, all of these um, create equity. Uh, and then that is convertible into cash with collaborations, joint ventures, partnerships, um, sponsorships, endorsements, etc. Boom. So final chance then for you to get a shout out for your business, your brand, your podcast, your website, your Facebook page, your Facebook group, your product, your service. All you have to do is hit me up with 500 stars here on the live uh, and I will do that for you live. And you can put it in the comments if this is the replay, because I'm going to now boost this out to my wider community. So this could reach up to 144,000 people. So don't miss this opportunity. I believe I'm one of the only people, if the only person in the world to be doing this for five dollars, you can reach, um, you know, lots of buyers who, who follow me. And many of my clients spend um, 20, 50 grand a year on training and education and personal development. So it's a great opportunity for you. Um, yep. Yeah. So 
That's it. I hope you found this useful. Um, let me just share again some of the key messages. Um, Roger Federer earned 86 out of 94 million through endorsements and brand sponsorships with Credit Suisse, Rolex and Mercedes-Benz in the last tax uh, year. Um, Kylie Jenner earns 1.2 million pound per um, Instagram post. Michael Jordan's earned more than 1 billion from Nike. Alec Guinness negotiated 2.25% of profits of the original Star Wars and has earned maybe 75, some, some places say $95 million from it. Uh, and uh, yeah, build your brand. Continue to put uh, content out there on social media. Think about what your unique position and space is um, and just keep uh, consistent and persistent at it because brands take time to build uh, and marketing, which is essentially putting your brand out there to the masses, that, that takes time to build a, a significant following enough to generate the revenue that you want. But you get to a critical mass point where you um, get momentum and compounding and it starts to reverse, reversing in a lot of work for not much incoming to a lot of incoming for not much work, you will hit that critical mass. So keep on keeping on. I think it was Jim Rohn that said, keep on keeping on. I think it might have been Zig Ziglar that said, the main thing is to keep the main thing, the main thing. Um, and it's me that says, and remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything.